Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Turn around and tell about two or three people. Say, I'm really glad you came today. Would you do that? Come on, say, I'm glad you made it out of the rain. Come on, amen. <clears throat> amen. As you greet here in house, one another is showing, just getting love to one another. I want to say hello to those who are joining us online. So excited to have you guys tuned in today. Please make sure you comment, say hello, let us know where you're tuning in from. And uh, again, just love to hear from you. If it's your first time, click the new here link. I'd uh, love to get connected with you uh, even more so by doing that. So I'm just glad you're here. If this is your first time at Faith Renew again, we're just so thankful that the Lord has sent you today and excited for what God's going to do. We believe in your life this morning. Amen. Faith Renew Church, let your first time guests know you love them. Come on one more time. Just tell them you're glad they're here. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. It's a good day to be in God's house. And if you're new here, again, it's a place for you. We're just excited that God has sent you. And uh, if you have not yet met someone from our Connections area, please stop by this area to my right after service. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better. But um, who brought a Bible to church? Come on. Amen. Amen. If you have yours, go ahead. You may know where we're hanging out at. It's in the book of Acts. So go with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Amen. Uh, we will be uh, in the book of Acts chapter 2 today for the entirety of this message. The only place we will be hanging on, the only passage that I'll be speaking from is Acts chapter 2. So if you brought your Bible, you can leave it open to that. And um, if you didn't bring your Bible, we have the Version Bible app that we use here. Really, really super cool app. You can click on that bottom right corner. It says more and then events. Right there on the Version app, and you'll see uh, this message taking place. But I want to open with one verse, and then uh, we'll pray. And then I'll just hang out together. All right, is that cool? Acts chapter 2. If you have it, say, I have it. Y'all are so fast. Y'all are so good. Verse 14 is what we're going to read in our opening. It says, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea, men and ladies of faith renewed, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, Malden, Simpsonville, South Carolina, Punkintown, not going to leave you out, Great Court, wherever it may be from this morning, let this be known to you and heed my words. Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. I want to pray. Will you join with me in prayer? So, Father, we are again honored, humble, blessed, so thankful for what you're doing at Faith Renew, God. And we're just uh, today, Lord, just coming before you, asking that your Holy Spirit, again, Lord, would just today, just narrow cast what I broadcast, Lord, just let it come just directly into the heart of every person today in this room, every person tuned in, watching or listening this to this message, God. And I speak that over them today, God. They receive from you. And Lord, we all leave changed in Jesus' name. Would you say it, church? Amen, amen, amen. We're in a series called Acts of the Church. We are hanging out in the book of Acts and uh, a learning, growing, seeing so many 
amazing things in this book. And this is, in the book of Acts, where the church was born. This is the birth of the church. Um, in Acts chapter 2, again, we're hanging out there today, but we see Acts of the church was today, I, be, I believe this with everything within me, what, what God did through the apostles, through the disciples, he wants to do through you. Amen? Amen. And what's cool is he's doing it. Amen. We're, some of you are stepping into that, seeing that. Some of you can get up here and tell stories of how you've laid hands on the sick and they've recovered and how you've shared the gospel to them and they've been saved. I, I'm so thankful because this is how this is supposed to look today. This is the acts of the church. And today I want to do this. I, I'm, I'm going to, the title of this message is simply the first sermon. This is the first sermon. In the church, we see, again, uh, birth uh, verses 1 through 4. We see where uh, the, the power of unity coming together, one mind, one accord, getting together in unity. The power of the Holy Spirit coming together. I tell you, it's a beautiful thing when the body of Christ comes together in one accord. It's a beautiful thing when that happens. When we become one, when the church becomes one, great things happen. God does amazing things when we come together as one. So we see that. We see where the promise in Acts chapter 1 of the Holy Spirit becomes the presence of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And we see where the church was birthed and where they were born. Now, it was amazing. We read it last week. A sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind coming through and, and flames of fire coming down, setting upon them. And they're baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And they begin to speak in tongues in the presence of God. That day births the church. On the day of Pentecost, it's happy birthday. I don't think it's a coincidence that as I spoke that message this past Sunday, we also, if you don't know, this past week we celebrated 17 years as a church this week. Amen. And, and again, praise God for what he is doing at Faith Renewed. So again, I feel like it's just a new birth again as we see God move. Now, this is what happens. Now, when you see moves of God things will happen. You'll see like crowds begin to come together. And so I'm not going to read it for sake of time, but if you read 5 through 13, you will see the Holy Spirit where he comes onto the scene and the crowds that are gathered. Remember, they are gathered there for Pentecost, one of the feasts that they were there for. I shared that last week. The crowds of all the people that had been there began to come around. <laughs> now, there's a lot of things that draw crowds, amen? There, there will be a crowd at the Super Bowl, and then people will be crowded around TVs, and there will be crowds all over the place. Again, there's a lot of reasons where, where crowds come together, but a, but a move of God will bring folks in too, amen? And, and, and the presence of the Lord will draw people to him. Now, this is what I want to look at in these verses. It's real interesting to me that in 5 through 13, we see the responses to the presence of the Holy Spirit. All right, now, I don't know if you've ever thought about that. If you you've probably read that, if you've read the book of Acts. But I, I want to just look briefly in, in these, res these responses that we see. Now, in verse 6, you don't have to pull it up, guys, but, but in verse 6, you will see that they were, there were some that were confused. <clears throat> That, that's uh, a, a typical response sometimes when the presence of God is in the room. 
I've seen it. Lots of people are confused. Now, now some would do this. Some would say, well, God's not the author of confusion. Therefore, what happened was not God. I believe we have a clear example from the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit showing up on the scene was God from heaven, but there were still people confused. It just wasn't God who was authoring that. Some people have, have pulled away from moves of God because of confusion that may come. Listen, there can be confusion in the presence of, the, of those things, but it is not God as the author. So again, but this is one of the responses that we see. Again, we still see it typical. It still happens. Verse 7 is another response. We see some were amazed and marveled. That's one of my favorites, Ben. That that's what I, I'm just, I stand amazed sometimes at the Holy Spirit and what he is doing. I, I have, there's been times like my mouth wide open just going marveling at the Spirit of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Again, typical response. You ever been amazed? I stay amazed by what he's doing. In verse 13 now, we see another response. Again, we've seen confusion. We've seen amazement. We've seen marvel. And in verse 13, we see where it says that there was some mocking. Another reason why some reject moves of God because of the mocking that can come, sometimes come with that. Yes, it is a fear-based thing. And so again, but this is one of the responses. The same responses are happening today in the church. Same responses are happening today in the body of Christ, in the world. They see moves of God. They see the spirit of God. You see confusion. You see amazement. You see marvel. And you see mocking. You see all of those things still today when there are moves of God. So this has been this way from day one. It's not something new. All right? Not something new. It may be, may be bigger now because, it's, uh, because of social media and there's more people doing it. And more people actually having conferences speaking against the Holy Spirit and people who, again, claim Christ as their Savior, getting up and actually gathering groups of people and say that the Holy Spirit's not for today, mocking what God is doing. We're seeing it still. It's happening today. But again, nothing new. Now, this is what we see. Now, this is, for me, where I want to hang out. Now, Peter does this. The disciples that are there, they stand up. Peter stands up. Now, listen, he is different now than when he went into that room. He went into that room one way, came out of that room an entirely different way. It's what happens. Again, radically transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, he could not, beside a campfire, be bold enough. He was denying Christ in front of a servant girl by a campfire. But the fire of God comes upon his life and now radically transformed by the Spirit of God. He does this. He gets up and he preaches the first sermon and the church. This is good. We have a glimpse. We get to go inside the first church service, guys. How amazing is it to think about what this is? Now, this message itself is awesome. So what I want to do today, I want to share with you, just break down, talk to you about today, the, the, the first sermon ever preached to the church, and it is a message that still has to be preached today. 
Now, I, I, want, I want to look at it like this. First of all, we see this, and I, I just want to, I want to try to every way that I can to stay, to stay with the text and preach this text, but we see this. I, I believe it's going to speak for itself. But verse 14, it says, Him standing up with the eleven, he raised his voice. Now, remember, quiet, timid, been known to run his mouth. But what he has seen had taken him away from his boldness, his outspokenness, and left him denying Christ three times. But after the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon him, he gets loud. How many knows it's okay to go to a loud church? Quiet churches kind of scare me, just to be honest, amen? They scare me more than louder churches, amen? I, I, they really do. And, and again, this is what we see. I believe spirit-filled churches and spirit-filled people within those churches should be loud, amen? I believe we should get excited. Why? I believe we understand something. I believe spirit-filled people understand they have something to get excited about. I believe, believe spirit-filled people understand they have something to get excited about. So Peter does this. He gets loud. He, he again, he, dude's Pentecostal. Remember? Pentecostal. I mean, he is as Pentecostal as they come. Whoo, first generation, bro. He is, I mean, he's crunk. He's fired up. He is ready. He gets up and he loudly begins to proclaim. And this is what he says. Heed my voice. It means this, listen. I feel like Peter sometimes in church. Like, listen. As a parent sometimes, like, listen. I mean, but he's like, heed my voice. Hear, turn our ears. May we turn our ears today to what the Holy Spirit is saying. May we open our hearts today to what the Spirit of God wants to speak into our hearts. And so this is his opening, his opening artist is, is this, loudly proclaiming, listen to me. Now this is what he does. This is cool. We see his message. He begins to break it down point by point. Verse 15, we're going to see this message begin to unfold. But the thing he does first is this. Number one today, he says this. He says, what is happening now? So I want you to see that this is one of the things that this is a great sermon will have that in it. Like as some type of sharing of what God is doing in the moment. Like this is again, Peter just, he nails it. He gets this thing right. Had not, had, had just, he didn't have degrees, but he had the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so again, he had what he needed. And so again, number one, he was explaining to them what is happening right now. Because again, there were some confused, some mocking, some marveling. So he says this to them in verse 15, for these are not drunk as you suppose. Since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. They weren't drunk with alcohol. There had to have been something that was going on in that place that day that made them to somehow believe that they were drunk with something. Amen. They were drunk in the spirit. Amen. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were, were drunk in a whole different way. And something was radically transforming the guys' lives. They were doing things that the others on look, that who were on looking were saying, man, these dudes are, these dudes are drunk. 
He addresses it. He says, no, this is what's happening. This is what was spoken. This is what's happening right now. He says this in verse 17. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. So he gets up, he's telling them in that moment that what's happening right now is is what has been spoken of by Joel, prophesied years earlier It's happening now. And this was the beginning. What started then has not stopped now. Like, do you understand? Like what he began then, he hasn't pulled back from it. We don't have lesser degrees of the Holy Spirit today. We have the same spirit who came down from heaven, the same one that got Christ out of the grave. That same Holy Spirit is the same one who shows up on the scene that day. And it's what was happening then. He said, no, it's happening right now. Amen. How many knows this? There are things happening right now, but there are going to be some miss it. There will be some missing. Why? Because they're confused. Don't want it. Some are like, I'm, I'm, I'm mocking it. I'm going to pull away from it. Some will resist what God is wanting to do, but he's saying this to them. I'm letting you know what was spoken is here. This is so cool because like he's letting them know, like, man, I d- the prophetic word that's been declared is here now. We have seen that in our church recently. Like we have seen words that were spoken last year being fulfilled now. Like, wow, we have, I started documenting them. I, I have a notebook in my office of prophetic words that get given to me of things that are spoken over our church. I have that in my office, and it's, it's for a reason. And Because, again, we need to judge those things, see those things, watch for those things, look for them. And there are things that have been declared are happening now. This is what was happening in that very moment. He said, Joel prophesied it. It's here. He's in the room. He's there today. Now, this is what I I just feel like, man, like Peter's just like, man, I want all of you guys to encounter what just happened to me in that upper room. I feel like it was just what he was so passionate, again, loudly proclaiming it. Like, man, he was telling them, like, man, no, these, dark, these guys aren't crazy. They're not drunk. They're filled with the Spirit of God. It's what was said it was going to happen. It's happening. That's what's going on right now. And he wanted everybody to encounter the fire. Chris and I, man, I, we, were, we were working it out. We worked hard yesterday, man. About my, we worked hard yesterday. We got out yesterday, and, man, we burned all kind of brush and pulled all kind of stuff working. It was a beautiful, finally had a little time, finally had some good weather. We got out and we were working yesterday, and we built, man, this massive fire that was burning out there in our field. And I was like, man, you know, it was just awesome. And we were taking stuff, and we were just continuing to throw stuff onto the fire. That's a sermon right there, but I'm not preaching that. I'm preaching Peter's sermon. Amen. But you, you got to just, just throwing stuff onto the fire. It was just, it, I mean, it was wild. We were throwing on there. It was burning. And then getting more and just burning. And there, it was a couple times we got in and we just come back. Like, whoa, it's so hot. 
I began, I was telling him about a story. I was like, man, I began to think back and I, I was telling him about when I was in fire academy. Uh, it was called rookie school back then, uh, for, for, for the fire department I served at. And, uh, and I remember I was 19 years old, a teenager, late eighties. You can get away with this stuff that happened. And I don't know if they still do what, what they, what, I don't know if they still do that now. But I remember a teenage kid had never had fire apparatus on, never had self-contained breathing apparatuses on, never, never worn these big turnouts and did, didn't do any of those things. I wasn't a volunteer. I went straight into full-time work and I, and I put it on. And one of the things we did, as a, as a, I guess you could say, John, you know this stuff. We, he, they took us in and we had this right on Malden Road, right here on Malden Road, this big brick uh, training tower right there. They stacked pallets upon pallets up in there and they set them on fire. And they did this. They sent you in there and they, without a hose, they sent you in there because they want you to learn to trust your equipment. And in this system, it was like amazing. We started, I started telling them the stories like, man, that takes me back, feeling all that heat, feeling all that. I was like, man, it takes it back. And I started telling them about that story. And my captain, the training officer, again, I'm a teenage kid, late 80s. I get sent in there, and I'm, I'm in here, and I'm like, man, this big, just massive tower of, of, of pallets are burning. And he's like, no, get in there. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm rookie, so I'm learning, dude. I'm a rookie. I don't know all this stuff, bro. Get in there. And he was trying to get me to trust my equipment. He was trying to let me know you can trust this thing. You have nothing to fear. Get in there. And it was like, I was like, <laughs> I got up a little bit closer and I was like, okay. And this thing was burning. It was like, get, get in there, Rogers. What else you want me to do, bro? And the man comes over there, and he takes a pallet of wood, and he just pushes it over on top of me. Late 80s, I, don't, I think you get in trouble now. I mean, you could, do, you could do it then. But I was telling Chris that story, and I was like, man, wow. It just hit me as I was out there and working again, that, man, this is what we can do. We can trust we can trust this move of God that's happening right now. We don't need to be fearful of this thing. Matter of fact, man, I didn't really experience it until it got on me. Until it, it was all, I was in the middle of it. It did not, I could not experience it until I was in the middle of it. This is what I want you to see today. It's happening now. And you can get in as deep as you want to get in. Or you can stay as far outside as you want to stay. But it's happening now. Number one. Peter preached this, not me. Number two. He preached what is, what, what is coming. It's important. It's a part of, it should be a part of every message. Like not only like what's happening right now, what is coming. Acts 19, 2 through 19 through 21. 2, 19 through 21. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. 
And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now he proclaims this. He gets up in that moment, tells them what's happening in that moment, but he also shares with them, this is what's coming. There's something else going to take place. He says this here. It is the day of the Lord. This is huge. And I want you to remember something. This was part of Joel's prophecy also. So many people will say, man, and I've, I've seen this in, in, in a lot of places, and it's on an uprise. Like, man, we believe the Spirit of God is being poured out on all flesh. But that great day of the Lord, that same prophet giving a word, speaking to them, and if you're saying, what is that great day? It's going to be a day of judgment. It is going to be, there will be a day of judgment. So you got Peter full of the Holy Ghost, full of fire and power. He gets up and says, man, right now we're in the middle of a move of God. It's because of what's coming. I don't know where in the church we sort of started skipping this part. But we can't. This is huge because he tells them there, there's going to be a time come. And I'm going to say this, be very careful of any voice that tries to tell you anything other than this word right here. Be very careful of that. I mean, there, there, there's going to be, there, there, according to what we see in Scripture, there's going to be a falling away in the church of people that believe the full word of God, the full counsel of God's word, that this will be a one day when this happens. Now, this is the truth. For unrepentant sinners, this, is, this should scare us, literally cause us to shake in our boots. Not trying to do that this morning. Because I want us to see what can happen for the believer. This should get us so excited, man. This should fire us up to see that, man, that the Holy Spirit's going to come. We should look for this day with great hope. We should be expecting, like, man, as this move of God unfolds, we believe it's going to become even stronger till the day of judgment, till that great and awesome day of the Lord. When that unfolds, until that day comes, we're going to experience the move of God. But there's coming a day. And this is what's amazing. Oh, this is good news. This is good news if you're watching right now or in this room and you're saying, man, I haven't surrendered to God. I haven't given my life to him. I'm not walking with him because this is the prophet, the word of God declared by Peter. This has been fulfilled. He says this in that last passage there, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What's our word today? What's, what do we need to do? Call on him. Call on the name of the Lord. And that word there, sozo, it means to save from destruction. Like to save from peril. Like there is danger. Like there is, this is what's unfolding. To be safe and sound. And, and I like that. Literally, the word means to be safe and sound. I, I just think it's cool that a sound came and makes us safe and sound. Amen. And it's just like, this is what the Spirit of God does. But he says it like this. He says, this day's coming. This day is going to unfold. So he tells them what's happening now, and he also says this, what's coming, that we never forget. May we use that as a driving force to lead others to Christ, to go after them and, and do everything we can to get others to him because, again, this is what's coming. But number three, he tells them, and this is what's, again, so important. So important that we do this. He tells them, number three, what the answer is. 
Like, what is it to like, if, if I'm in danger, like, what do I need to know? What do I need to do? Like, what happens? Where does this, what do I do? How do I get out of this? And he tells them what the answer is. And I love Peter and I love what he declares. And he's basically, and I'm going to summarize what we're about to read before I read it. He's saying this. He's saying, look to Jesus. May we look to Jesus. Keep reading verse 22. We've got to keep going. He says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Like, I love the boldness of this guy, man. He's saying, like, you, you saw what Jesus did while he was here. Like, it was clear, it was evident what Christ did while he was on the earth, amen? That he did these wonderful things, signs and miracles and wonders. He did those things in front of you. And he says in verse 23, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Peter's preaching the gospel to them. He's letting them know that, man, this is what, this is what the answer is. This is what we must do. That man, again, that whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death. Oh, man, he raised him up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Aren't you thankful, man? Death could not hold Jesus, amen? He could not be held by the grave, amen? He was not held by that. Verse 25, for David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. And again, a prophetic word. For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Oh man, David's message was awesome too. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you and the patriarch David, of that patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried. <laughs> And his tomb is with us to this day. People are raising things up above the Lord. They're putting things in front of him that, are, that will die and not resurrect. He said, he said you, that you look into him and you're, you're looking at those prophets and man, their grave is still full. But the answer is Jesus. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ. And you see the good news throughout this entire message, man, that Jesus gives his life. He, he, he dies. He resurrects. He's ascended to heaven. <laughs> oh, man. Verse 32, then Jesus, uh, this Jesus, this Jesus God raised up of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God. 
And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. Another prophetic promise. Again, this is now here. For David did not ascend into heaven, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit in my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He, he could have just dropped a mic, walked off the stage, but he did not. He, he, again, he stayed in this moment. He shared with them. He told them. He was giving them good news. You've got to understand, all of these guys had gathered from all kinds of places and were going through a festival. They were going through a religious ceremony that could not save them. There's so many people that get up on Sunday morning and go to religious ceremonies that will not save them. And Peter is saying this. The answer is Jesus. He's the one who was crucified. He's the one who resurrected, ascended to heaven. And he's made it clear that he's coming again. He's telling them like he's coming again. He's sharing the gospel with them at this point. And it, and it does something. This is what happens, man, when the gospel of, of Christ is shared. And people's hearts are open to that. There's something that began to stir in these guys. There's something that day that began to shift something in many of those people who had maybe been coming for years to Jerusalem, going through the ceremonies. Again, nothing wrong with doing the things. That, again, those were commandments. They were things that they were given. Nothing wrong with doing these things. But you will always be missing something if you go through the ceremony and don't get the Savior. There will always be something missing if you go through the ceremony and you don't get the Savior. You don't see Jesus in the middle of that. And he's preaching to them, he's proclaiming to them, and he's telling them all of the things, like all this, this is happening right now. The Spirit of God, the presence that was prophesied by Joel is come. He's here now. He came because, listen, there's going to be another day when Jesus comes back. And he's telling them the answer is this. Turn to Jesus. Man, what a message. What a beautiful, powerful message that Peter preaches and that he shares. Again, the gospel is powerful. Amen. Now, this is also, according, we see mocking of the Holy Spirit. The gospel is also foolishness, according to Scripture, to those who are perishing. But to those being saved, it's the power of God, man. It, is, it, is, it brings hope to you. It brings life to your situation. When you see, that's what the gospel message does. When you see it in that light, when you recognize it for what it is. But this morning, if, if, if things are going through your mind and you're saying, man, the gospel, man, he talks about Jesus all the time. Why? Because he's the answer. He's, and, he, and this is what Jesus said when he was here. He said, I, I'm not a way. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man comes to the Father unless he comes through me. And this is the beauty of that. Jesus made a way. 
So many people say, man, is it fair that there's only one way? And I'm like, man, he made one and you can come through it. And Jesus says this, he declares it, man, call on me, you'll be saved. Peter gets up, he declares it, man, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. That's today, it happened then and it's gonna happen today for whoever calls on the name of the Lord, you will be saved because the answer is Jesus. Now, fourthly and finally this morning, Oh man, it, this, it, this is like such a cool passage. I, I love this whole sermon that he preaches, but I love when you see this kind of response to what God is speaking. Because this is what I, I feel like a good message will do this. It, it will give direction. It will tell you like what's happening right now. I believe it will tell you what's to come. I believe it's going to do this, but I believe it's also going to do this, answer questions that people have. And this is, I feel like I can maybe preach this message in a pastor's conference sometime and teach pastors how we should preach messages because this is what he's the Good sermons, they'll answer questions because people have them. Because after all of those great things that he spoke, verse 37 of Acts chapter 2 says this. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said, to Peter and the rest of the apostles. Men and brethren, what shall we do? He tells them in point four, he tells them what to do. Again, clear direction. That helps me. Some of y'all making just figure it out on your own. I want direction, amen? I want the Holy Spirit to tell me. I want the Bible to just show me what's up, tell me what to do. And and, and he's just like incredible. So I feel this. I I feel like, man, they heard the gospel through the power of Christ, uh, through the power of Peter, the, the Spirit of God working through him. They hear this message. It cuts down to their very heart. I believe this. Now, this is just me. I I think even after reading the scripture, I believe in that moment, salvation was being unfolded to them. I I just, I can't, I can't read this any other way and come out with any other conclusion, but man, that the gospel is being proclaimed. And he says this, whoever, if when he's lifted up, he would draw people to him. It's why we just keep making Jesus known, man. That's why we're going to keep making him known. Not us known, not faith renewed, but keep making Jesus known. Because if we can raise him up, he's going to draw people to himself. And so this is what Peter does. He proclaims Christ. And it does something to the very heart of these guys. Now, you can have things happen in your head. But until it happens in your heart. And the gospel cut to their very heart. And these guys said, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> now we know we have enough scripture, we have enough Bible to show us that salvation is not through any work that we do. Because the work has been completed in Christ. So I, I believe I just, I the only way I can read this, and it just I feel like it became even more clear 
to me as I read it. Like the gospel was going to these guys. The heart was opening up to it. And it was transforming them. I believe salvation was happening in their life in that moment. But I think we should always ask this question. What do I do now? What, what do we do with this thing? <laughs> what do we do with this Holy Spirit that comes in the room and, and changes lives? What do we do with, the, with this, this Jesus who steps out of heaven? What do we do? What, what do I do now? What's my life look like? What do we, what, and, and Peter said to them, verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin. There's this spirit of God that's drawing you, this gospel message that's being proclaimed. It has opened up your heart. What do you do? You repent. <laughs> like you begin to do this, like this is what you, this is what this means. He's like, you literally begin to think a different way. Like these guys thought like for them in that moment, I can come to Jerusalem. I can go through a ceremony. Then I can like, I'm good. I can go back. I'll come back for the next one. No, like what do I do? He said, repent. Change your whole mindset. It will change the direction of your life, the course in which you're on. And there's some, and this is just reality. There's some going down the wrong course because again, that's where their mind's now taking them. And what you need to do is simply what, what Peter preached then, repent. He said, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, Holy Spirit said, gift from heaven. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, now, he did it with many other words. I'm not going to preach many other words, all right? I, I, but I'm just going to share his. He testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly receive the word, again, the receive, receiving, then what do I do? They were baptized. This is radical. Day one. Opening church service. Launch day of the church. This is awesome. About 3,000 souls were added to them. If we ever say we're good and full, we're full enough, we've reached enough people, we're not being Acts Church. We're going to see it. We're going to... We're going to watch next Sunday what that early church does, the things that they put in place that continues the momentum. That they, they it's, it, Do not miss next week. But they do it like this. It's what we call it faith renewed, next steps. All right? We've just made it cooler and put it on church center. They're like, you know, they little, just, he's preaching it, telling them, and, you know, and it ends up on a scroll. It ends up, and we have the, we call it next steps. All right? They heard the sermon and they were cut to the heart. I want to invite you to do something right now. Stand with me. And, huh. and he says something. And it's just like, 
man, still today, still today, he says, be saved from this perverse generation. The word perverse means this, it means crooked. And how do you determine if something is crooked? You lay it beside something that's straight. And so we, 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 we do it here by saying, man, what, what does the word say? That's the straight. That's, 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 our, that's our standard. That's what we go towards. And so I, I, this is what he said to do. Again, his next steps. We'll repent, be baptized. We have a baptism already in our next steps link that you can go ahead and register for if you have not yet been baptized. You need to be. What happens first? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? And I want to ask this question. (laughs) The very first sermon preached in the church cut to the heart of those that were there. And I believe it should do this for Christians. I believe it should still cut to the heart. I believe this is still cut to our heart, man, what Christ did for us. The crucifixion and the life that he laid down for us. I believe it should cut to our heart, what Christ did. And I believe it should continually drive us to say, what do I do next? Well, first of all, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This morning, sometimes in my spirit when I sense certain things and can I... I sense something in my heart right now, very strong. I don't know if it's in this room. I don't know if it's someone watching, but I sense strongly today. The Holy Spirit is cutting to the heart of someone in this room, someone watching. And that's his his spirit, just his word. And this is what it wants to do. This is why you're here today. And God will use all kind of things to get you here. I'm seeing it now more than ever. He'll use events. He'll use holidays. He'll use, he'll use celebrations, family, different things to get you to his gospel, to get you to his love. And today is simply, all I'm asking is this, for you to call on him. You will be saved. If you're in this room or if you're watching right now, the Holy Spirit right now is speaking to your heart. And you need to call on the Lord right now. Just as heads are about eyes are closed. If that's you, I want you to, if you, just to just so I know if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Because I want to pray with you right where you're at. I want, to, I want to just pray with you, pray for you. I want you to lift up your hand if the Spirit of God is just drawn to you. If, if you want to call on the name of the Lord this morning, if that's your heart, I want you to lift up your hand. I mean, hi. Some are worshiping and praying right now. I, I, I'm recognizing those. So, but if I say, hey, go above it. Maybe it's you watching online right now. What do I do? What's, what's next? Call on the name of the Lord. You will be saved. Repent and be baptized. Receive today the gift of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your word right now. We thank you that it's life to us. We thank you that it's power. We thank you that it's transformational, Lord. And may it cut to our heart. May we never tire of the good news. May we never relax. May we never quit preaching this first message that was preached. May we continue to proclaim who the answer is.
what you're going to do, what's to come. And may we step in continually, Lord, into what's right now. May we continually step into what's right now. And I just, this morning as, as Adam has come up, I want him to just to minister right now. And as we close right now, I just want to, in this room right now today, and those who are watching, if you need prayer, I want you to reach out right now to, by clicking on that Next Steps link. It's in the stream. You can click on that. We want to pray for you. Message us. Do whatever you got to do to get to us. We want to pray with you. And I want to just do it like this this morning. I want us to pray for one another in this room right now. And if you have a prayer need in your life of any kind, and, and this is one of the, I hope this is, this is what this will do for us. That great day of the Lord, that day of his coming. Drive us, cause us, cause us to push towards sharing this good news with others. So right there where you're staying, if you have a need in your life, you need prayer, or if you know someone who needs today to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved, I want you to do this. I want you just to lift your hand up high. You have a need in your life or you know someone who needs Jesus right now, lift your hand up high. We're going to pray for one another. I'm going to raise it up high. That means if your hand's down, everybody you know is a Christian. Or you don't care about them. That's what that means right now. So I want us to do it this way. I want, if you see a hand raised, I just want you in groups right now to just come together. And I want you to pray right now for those who have a hand raised. I want you to begin to just pray for them. Pray over them right now. Pray for the Holy Spirit to move in their situation, to move in their family, to move in their needs right now. Just pray for one and right now. Just prayer groups happening in this house all across the room. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, may we call upon you today. Be saved. Yeah, we call upon you, Jesus. Thank you again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you today. If you need prayer or would like to support this ministry through giving, stop by faithrenewed.org.